in our restaurant, we do a wing of the month every month. And the last year we had one of the guys in a band joking around. He said, when are you going to do the pumpkin spice wings? And I was like, we're doing them in October. Okay. And we did them last year and we sold so many pumpkin spice chicken wings. Pump- Welcome to the Grubthusiast Grubcast, where we're on a mission to find the best places to eat, drink, and have a good time. And occasionally, we get to sit down with some of the amazing food artists that make that possible. Thank you for listening as usual. If you like what you hear, don't forget to like and subscribe. It really helps out the show. My guest today is DJ Mole from Riviera Supper Club, San Diego, California. So, look, brother, um, thank you for doing the show, clearly, man. Um, it's uh, it's something that I'm loving to do. Uh, I, I just started getting uh, a lot of guests in the last uh, last month. I've been really running and gunning for the last four weeks. Uh, prior to that, I was just doing this kind of like with my wife, on been doing reviews, and we'd make some food or whatever and do the show. <clears throat> But uh, now it's kind of turning into a thing where I'm kind of get to talk to people like you. And what I say is I say we get to uh, eat, drink and talk to food artists. That's that's my game, because uh, my goal on the show is to seek out the best uh, dining experience, best cocktails, best uh, food uh, quality, you know, uh, imaginative uh, things. It, it really doesn't matter to me if you've got a, a great lasagna out of a back of a pickup truck. But at the same time. Uh, if you know, city having a place to sit, someplace like this where you, you got, and, and and the reason why I mentioned your place because we're we're really at this place called the uh, Riviera Supper Club in uh, is it La Mesa or is it is that La Mesa? La Mesa. Yeah. I was talking about how I even like something like this because this is a very specific kind of jam. It has a vibe to me of a '60s lounge. That's what it has for me, and I grew up kind of in one. Uh, there was a place called Lagrange or Lagrange in Brentwood, California, and my uncle was a landscaper. And we'd go to these places, and we would go into a place just like this uh, as a kid. But there would be a little pong machine over there in the corner, and be playing pong. Uh, and it feels to me like you know you got the Rat Pack in here, like the the, the vibe of the Rat Pack is is in this room. Uh, you're from your light fixtures to your wallpaper uh, to the booths. I don't even know of any places that have booths anymore. You know, like where, where do you go for a, a, a nice steak meal? Where do you have a kind of a Las Vegas cool kind of jam? Where does that come from? There's, there's probably only a handful of places. And if they're, if they're still around, they're probably, you know, not, uh, they're probably ebbing along through the bar. You know what I mean? Uh, but I, when I came in here, I, I immediately felt like, oh, man, this is a, like stepping back in time. You've captured the essence of whatever that is. Was that what you were going for? It's a, it's a little bit of what we like. I think that there's a lot of different concepts that people do for different bars, restaurants, nightclubs, anywhere where you're going to spend your time eating and drinking. Yeah. And a lot of them do have an expiration date. When you look at what's a cool club, a cool club may be something that is cool for three or four years, a cool bar, maybe like the cool bar for a few years. But when you think about where, where you're saying like things from the sixties and seventies, there are certain things that are timeless. And I believe that this is one of those type of concepts that's timeless. This can last forever. I don't see any reason why I couldn't. So you, you were mentioning before you'd done other bars and restaurants. Is that okay? And you have, I mean, you've been doing this for a long time. I've been doing this for about, uh, it's been 12 or 13 years now. Okay. And how long have you been doing Riviera? Riviera? We bought the Riviera three years ago. Okay. Well, how much of the original building is still here? It's all still here. Okay. Uh, when we bought it, 
it was the same bones. What we did when we got it is uh, we put up different wallpaper, changed a little bit of the boots. We had to fix it up. It had been neglected for a little while, um, but that's what you get when when you buy it for a less a lesser amount. Sure, sure. And it also, like we like when I said it's been neglected for a while, it was something that kind of it fell by the wayside, and and it was sad. But it it was when. This place was popping when it it's been here for 15 years in December. And when it was built, it was built to be like what we're talking about. And I think that when we took it over, it was more of like a reimagining of the Riviera. Okay. Like what we what we saw when we first came in here and what we believe would be the next step. What what is what's left of the original design? I mean, as far as I mean, you're saying the bones are here, but like the these uh, rectangular wooden uh, artwork on the walls, the giant hood in the middle here, um, that looks like something out of Benihana, is right? That, is that something like it, you, the grill is custom built? It's not something you can't just go and say, "I want a grill that's built this yeah, big to yeah. put in the middle of a restaurant." It was all built in here, okay. um, but that is all original. Um, all the walls have been repainted. All the all the decorations on the walls are all redone. Yeah. Um, these light fixtures. What, what? These light fixtures have been here, okay. uh, other than uh, a few of them. There's yeah. a few of them that are newer, but we had to clean them up, change them up a little bit, uh, restain them, and finish them and everything. Do you have any idea when like the original restaurant was actually built, like this lounge style? What was it called before it was the Riviera? Before it was the Riviera. It was Jamar's. It was a Mediterranean restaurant. Okay. And when it was built, they had a lot of pretty crazy stuff in here. Like where some of the booths are, it had like big waterfalls and stuff okay. like that. That I, I honestly wish that it was still intact and still here. That would be so cool to have like a waterfall in your restaurant. But practical, not necessarily. It's, again, I'm just kind of going through my mind of places that I've been with, with what you're talking about. Um, in fact, my father was a um, he was a landscaper, excavator and grader, had his own truck and uh, tractor and would go to various places and uh, you know move trash or whatever. But in one apparently in the 60s when there was a place called um, it's now called Don Antonio's, but it was in the 60s it was called uh, God, I can't remember what it was. Casa something. It was on Pico Boulevard in L.A. And this place uh, had a room that you would basically walk in through this little you know entry and you go into a room about the size of what you have over there in this far corner behind the, the grill. That whole section was like a, a cave for that. You know, what's that what's that creature uh, in, in Empire Strikes Back where they go and then it gra- drags Luke that big the, the big snow creature. Oh, I don't know. I mean, I know it was a it was a cave, but okay, a I don't cave. remember. That's, My dad would be very upset that okay. he's, he's a <laughs> well, big Star Wars. Fan. Is he? <laughs> well, this room, what you have over there, it would have been, that was a cave. That was the section of the restaurant that was built with uh, stalagmites, stalactites, and it had all the certain kind of, of dim lighting with the, the, the glitter on the spike. It was just a whole thing. And my father built that. And I remember going in, like, again, back to the 70s, uh, going into places a lot like this where you would have a koi pond. Mm-hmm. Or you'd have uh, a waterfall or something, and it would be you know the water trickling on the background, uh, you know, and then the space Lagrange, you know, a pong table, the 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 booths, the um, you know steaks and chops, cocktails, uh, you know, uh, a Manhattan was like you know that was what you that was de rigueur for the time. It smacks of all of that to me. Yeah, yeah. 
uh, whose vision is this though? Is it your vision to have to kind of capture that essence and bring it to this? So originally the person that when, when the Riviera started, it was the vision of a, a gentleman named Tim Mays and Tim Mays started the turf supper club out in uh, golden Hill. And there was, it depends on who you ask, lots of fables and stories about why he is no longer with turf, but he came here and did Riviera as a bigger turf. Turf Supper Club doesn't really have, uh, well, before I start talking anything about turf, I'm going to say that's one of my favorite places to hang out. I love everybody that's there. Um, and we're in there a few times a week. We love that place. I've never been. Very similar, just very scaled down, very okay. small. Um, they don't have sides. Uh, most of the, all their steaks are all raw. You have to cook your steak. They don't have a kitchen in the back. So you go there and you get a raw cut of meat and you throw it on the grill, hang out with your buds and uh, cook your own food and maybe get it like a salad. Most of the salads are all just kind of like a out of the bag type of salad. Oh, and you get like a slice of cheesecake at the end or something. So it's just a lot more scaled down menu. Whereas Riviera is just, it's just that bigger brother where we have all these amazing sides and, and salads and desserts and everything because we have a full kitchen here and a full kitchen staff. It's essentially what you're doing here on the, that big grills for your cooking your own steak. Yeah, yeah. Okay. We offer two different ways here. So you can, it, and it's all the same price. If, if you want to, it's more of a different experience. If you want to sit down on a date and relax, right. listen to some jazz and sip on your Manhattan, sip on your martini yeah, yeah. and get your ribeye sent right to your table cooked, then that's 100%. That's what happens. But if you want to have that different experience where, you know, you go and yeah sit by not sit but stand by the grill cook your steak hang out with your friends hang out with your date and and kind of also meet different people like it's it is like a social thing yeah. where you'll have a lot of people crowded around the grill all cooking their own meats and stuff it's it's cool it's a di it's just a different yeah, yeah. experience that you don't really get anywhere else how many people can you get there in that at the grill area i think the most that i've seen personally is 12 you, where you'll have a lot of people all over there and, and there'll be, be people where they'll only send one person over for their whole table. So that person's cooking like three or four steaks. Right. And, but that's, that grill does get filled up on the weekends. Okay. So it's pretty crazy. I have to try that because I'm a big fan of uh, ribeyes. Came here, it was just, it was nice to not have to uh, uh, make my own meal. You know, sit here like a, uh, like a man, you know, like an adult male, American, American, right? Sit in the bar, live music we're playing at the end, a cocktail bar, really nice uh, aesthetic in there. And just let the, let the steaks come, man. And it's not usual for me. I don't even know of any really great uh, steak spots in San Diego. I know there's Fleming's. I know there's Donovan's. I'm sure there's lots of little places if that... If you don't put Cowboy Star in that one, then you done messed up. Okay, where's that one? Tell me where Cowboy, Cowboy Star is. Cowboy Star is downtown. It's, okay. It's one of our, my favorite steakhouses. Really? Houses. Okay. Oh, yeah. They're fantastic. Everybody that works there is great. Um, and I think that if we're talking about other places, when I say that something is really good, it is a lot of the staff. I do believe that with a lot of establishments now, architecture and how... Uh, the aesthetic of the place is one thing, but the people that are in it are the blood of it. And the people that work at Cowboy Star are fantastic. You know, I, I had a conversation a while back about what makes staff happy and healthy, right? The whole staffing situation. 
because I think that sometimes when you go to a coffee house, for example, or you go to some of these places that where people are not known to be exactly in tune with you, uh, I, you know, tipping is tough these days, um, and retention of staff has got to be even tougher. But you know, the, when I was a kid, you had a maitre d that was his lifelong goal in life. That was his job for his whole life. He'd he'd stand there in that ruffled uh, tuxedo shirt by the door. You had uh, lifelong waiters that were that was that was what they wanted to do. They loved to be a waiter. Today, that doesn't exist as much. And you got a lot of people who don't want to serve and they want to just you know, pick up a check and go home. I think if, if, I think if there was some way to um, incentivize people to, to do that service job again and, and look upon it as a, as a career. Because if you're if you're compensated enough and you like what you do, uh, you can you can make a nice living doing this. You know, I'm going to say that a lot of that is also who you who you employ and the people that are in your restaurant. In our restaurant, most of the servers and bartenders and cooks and everybody, we have only a few people that have been in their positions less than a year. Okay. Our bartenders have been bartending for over 10 years and this is what they would this is what they love to do. Where I've had conversations with some of our bartenders where it's like, "Hey, do you want to do more like managerial stuff? What do you want to do?" and they're like, "I just want to bartend. I want to be behind the bar. This is where I shine brightest. This is what I love." Yeah. Yeah. And I have talked with servers where it's like, "Hey, would you like to learn how to be behind the bar to kind of, you know, help out when we need it?" They're like, "I I love to serve. I love okay. my regulars that come in." That's awesome. And these are people that have been here for over 5 years before That's we great. even got the place. That's and great. it's it's one of the things that I I really do believe that uh as long as you're treated correctly yeah. and as long as and this is a big reason why I wanted to own my re- own restaurant is cuz I wanted the I think Everything that I saw when I was bartending, when I was working in, when I was managing bars and I was working in restaurants, it was not necessarily, it was a little bit of how to treat your staff from learning from the managers that I had before. I had some amazing managers. I had some terrible managers too. And also it was how not to treat them. And if you respect the people that work with you, not necessarily for you, with you, if you respect people that work with you and you really take care of them and you put their needs before anything else, everything else is just gonna fall into place. If your bartender's happy, if your servers are happy, your guests are going to be happy. That's the way. I and if your guests that. are happy, they're going to come back and then your investors are happy. I, I totally agree. Happy. I totally agree. Yeah. I, I think it, like you said, it, it's kind of started at the top. It starts at the yeah. top. But it's like you, you create that uh, environment that allows these people to do what they do best. And uh, it, I think the thing is, too, if they feel compensated, if they feel like that, you know, if you have an environment that people want to tip, the experience was good, they, they contributed to that, certainly. But I mean, the, the, like you have your own parking lot. That's yeah. a big deal, right? Uh, there's some places like you go to the mall, they don't have, there's no parking. So uh, it, it becomes more difficult to get to you. The fact that you have your own parking lot's great. Um, you have this thing like with your own cooking, your own steak. You have that lounge where you can go in there and see some live music, have a cocktail. And that's a, that, that, it was a very nice experience sitting in that bar. It was so reminiscent for me of, of so many places. And, and it's, not, it's not like anything else. I, I, don't, I go to a lot of places. That experience that you had the other night, it's just not available a lot of places, man. It's very small, that percentage of places that do that. Uh, I mean, there's, there are different experiences, of course. But um, that particular one. It's, it's something amazing. And even like your server that you guys had that night, uh, then you were in here last weekend. Yeah. Um, like she's been bartending for, I, I think, 12 years. And she 
and all of our bartenders also serve. So when they're not bartending, they're on the floor serving. Yeah. And so like, these are all people that are industry professionals. They've been Sweet. doing this forever and they love doing it and they love providing this experience like you had here where you're like, this is very reminiscent of all these good memories and all these good times that I've had. And it makes you feel special, even though it's your first time in here. Yeah. You say, this is something that just feels good. And, and providing that experience is so huge yeah. for every guest yeah. that comes in. It's just unique. It's yeah. a very unique experience totally. um, out in the world today. You know? Yeah. Uh, I talk about it a lot. I talk about service a lot, maybe to, uh, to nauseam because, um, you know, the, the service staff is the front line for any business, whether you're on the phone or whether you're in person like this. Uh, if you take care of the customer, the customer is going to be happy and they're going to come back. Um, not, it's not always the case. You know, there's always going to be those, those malcontents that you know, can't, be, can't be pleased. But the, um, for the most part, if, you're, you know, if the servers are happy and they're doing their job, the, the management staff is taking care of the people, it's going to work out, man. I think with that, we don't necessarily have customers, so to say. It's all guests. I like to yeah. talk to our staff and make sure that they understand. And, and I know you understand. It's just like a verbiage thing. Yeah, but yeah. the way that I talk with all of our staff and all of our coworkers, it's this is our house. Yeah. This is our place. We all are a part of this. This is where you spend more time than anywhere else other than maybe your bed and maybe your house. You yeah. guys all yeah. live here. Yeah. And these are all people that came here to hang out with you, yeah. to be a part they want to be a part of this. Yeah. And our staff takes so much pride in this place to where there's not a night that everybody that worked isn't sitting at the bar after their shift and all just hanging out. Right. And on a day off that we have, because we're closed two days a week because everybody works almost every day here, yeah. there's not a time that, the pe that we're not all hanging out. I, see, I saw our chef and our GM last yesterday uh, we were hanging out at my house for a little while. Like I see all these people every day almost, and we all love each other and care about each other. And we just love having all of our guests here to share this experience with us that we love being a part of. Yeah. Well, I think it shows. I think Thank it you. shows. I had a great night the other night. Thank you. So, uh, you know, let's talk about your, what your what programs, do you have any programs or any kind of uh, things that you do on a weekly basis, such as a trivia night or maybe sp cocktail specials, things like that you're doing here? We don't do trivia. I, I enjoy going and doing trivia personally, yeah. but I feel like it would kind of take away from the vibe that we have. We try yeah. to make it to where we have like the jazz bands that play okay. every Wednesday. We have a fantastic jazz band. They've been playing here for about 10 years, wow. every single Wednesday. Okay. I have to come and for that. I love yeah. yeah. Oh, they're, they're the best. And how many pieces just being kind of, there is one, two, three, four, four pieces. Yeah. They have uh, a bass, uh, trumpet and guitar. Sometimes they'll sub out the guitar for keyboards and then a drummer. Nice. And the the whole the whole band that's there, these guys are. I'm I'm telling you, they're some really? of the best musicians. Yeah, and Jason Hanna and the Swinging Bananas. Okay, and that's got to yeah. be pretty good in that little in that room over in the bar. Oh yeah, it's they gotta they be. crush it. They how know this bar better than I do. Wow. <laughs> how many people can you get in there? Is, is it heaving that night? Is it just thumping in there? You know, it depends. We don't. That's that's where it's a little bit harder for this place, yeah. um, where this place is very special. But it, we don't do any reservations at all in the turquoise room. That's all just self-seating. Okay. So we have some days that you have to get here at like 4 p.m. in order to get a seat. Jeez. And you, if you don't, 
you're not going to get a seat. You're going to yeah. be standing or you're going to be sitting in the dining room wow. when you can get a reservation. Right. And there's other days where you can walk in and go right to a seat and sit down. That's I think when you were talking to Jordan from Sheba Hut, he's he gets here pretty early so that he can make sure he can get a seat at the bar and get his steak yeah. and hang out and yeah. have a few cocktails. But we have our a lot of our regulars are, you know, our guests that come here on a weekly basis. They They already know it. They're into it. You know, you mentioned that Jordan was talking about his last meal because I ask this question on every show. Well, I'll try to. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of which, let me ask you that question just so we can have it. Last meal. That one's a really hard one. For I know. Me. I, I thought know. about it. Yeah, and I've you? actually been thinking about this the last few days okay. because that was the one where he, when you were talking to him, he talked about us and yeah, that's what connected said, us. He said, he said exactly. He says last meal would yeah. be at Riviera Supper Club. Yeah. I want to make my own steak on the grill. Yep. That would be my, that's my last meal. Yeah. That's pretty powerful. It is. When, when my chef, I showed it to my chef, he got the chills, almost started crying. He was like, that's because the chef also hand cuts all those ribeyes daily. So he's Fantastic. like, that's pretty cool that somebody would want this thing that I was a part of to be if they were kind of in a morbid sense. But if yeah. you were to die, well, this is the last thing yeah. that you would want. Yeah, I, I just like I mean, I like the question because it really kind of puts a determination like, you know, yeah. I want to know the answer. I don't want to maybe I want to mm-hmm. kind of, you know, I want to know what you what would you have? And some people say, you know, oh, uh, I had somebody say piece of cheese. <laughs> I had somebody say a slice of cheese pizza. I've heard I've heard all kinds of things at this point. Yeah. Um, peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I've heard pancakes and eggs at, at his mother's house. You know. So if you have if you have an answer, yeah. let's, let's get it. Uh, well, it would probably be like a Thanksgiving feast. Okay. But it would be all types of different food because I would want a bite of everything. Okay. I would just when I go to out to a restaurant, I normally order I, I over order. That's just me. I'm going to order almost every app. I'm going to order two mains wow. and I'm going to enjoy all of it and take bites of it. doesn't matter if I want to finish it. I just want to enjoy it. I want to taste different yeah. things. Yeah, I love that. Um, but I would say it would be a dirty flat top cheeseburger from the friendly would be now, one the, thing on this plate. Where's I'm sorry. Let me the friendly. Oh, Where's yeah. That? Where's that? Oh, yeah. Is that so here? the friendly? Oh, yeah. It's it's on 30. Well, they have a, a few different locations now, but the friendly is an amazing concept uh, where it started as a pizza shop and they had a flat top grill in there and they decided we're going to do one uh, for it's going to it's just going to be dirty, a dirty flat top, greasy, like smash burger. It's going to be like a like a McDouble, but on crack. It's going to be the burger top quality meat. No, no, 100% not. Okay. It's just like fatty, it's just fatty meat, probably 70, 30. It's, it's something that is, it's all crispy meat. It's, it's, you know, the a dirty flat top burger, the smash burger, yeah. but it's so good. And it's a lot of the reason why it's so good is because you have these super amazing chefs and amazing uh, employees that have all worked in some of the best restaurants in San Diego and built some of the best restaurants in San Diego um, as like opening crews for them where you have people in there, the the things that Brandon and Rob Stryker and the whole team there have done at the friendly on university. And now they have one on, Oh, sorry, on 30th street. Now they have one on university. They have one in Pacific beach. One of them um, that's out off of Claremont Boulevard, um, they have a ton of them now, but that burger is 
ridiculous. It's uh, it's in the best burgers in San Diego, one hundred percent. Boy, that's a big statement. I want I have to look this up now. Oh, I mean, if you don't have plans after this, I would say we go there and we'll get a dirty flat top cheeseburger, and I'll show you what's up. Okay, it's it's pretty amazing. But that would be on this on this Thanksgiving feast of all these things. With that, I would say that I would have to have pepperoni pizza. Pepperoni pizza could be I've, I haven't had a bad slice of pepperoni pizza. I love it. It doesn't yeah. matter where it's yeah. from. I would have a, an Arby's roast beef sandwich on there. Okay. Wow. I okay. love Arby's. I mean, the, the original, the OG. Oh, yeah. OG. Okay. OG. Okay. Well, yeah, I, I don't like any of this stuff either. Yeah. I, like I mean, I just, I, I eat everything. I eat a horsey lot of sauce or no horsey sauce. No horsey sauce. Okay. Extra Arby's sauce. <laughs> Extra Arby's okay. sauce. I want that okay. thing like drowning in it. Okay. Uh, but okay. I, I eat a lot of fast food. That's just me. Yeah. And I think a lot of people that know me understand I'm t- that. I'm going to tell you, you're holding it together considerably well, considering that you may eat all that. So thank you. I eat fast food probably six times a week. Okay. Um, and I, I, I just love it. I love everything about it from the marketing standpoint um, to the simplicity of it, to the production of it. And it's like when you watch the founder with, Oh, I love it. It's my, one of my favorite movies, man. When you watch that and you see like everything that goes into to make this so simple and so fast, it intrigues me and it makes me think. And it and it's so amazing everything that goes into it. And when, that's when you hear that story, man. It's it's both sad and and inspiring. Yeah, because uh, Ray Kroc was a diabolical genius. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he, I mean, look the, the the thing that they did from what is it White Castle, the guy that suggested buying the real estate. I, mean, uh, was, I don't. I don't remember that yeah. part. I would have to rewatch the movie. Okay. But there's a scene in this movie where mm-hmm. uh, he's in a bank, yeah, trying to get money to fund another location that he's going to start for his, one of his franchisees. And he goes into the bank. He's begging for money from this guy, and the guy's like, "No, we mortgaged everything you have. You're out." And then uh, somebody that was sitting just the next booth over, he comes around and says, "Excuse me, can I talk to you a second? I, I remember the car. I think it was White Castle." Mm-hmm. This guy says, you know, you're not in the burger business. You're in the real estate business. Yeah. And from that statement alone, he went, they went back to the office. I mean, it probably happened a little differently, but they went to the office. They go in there and the guy says, well, look, you know what? You're right now taking the, uh, the hamburgers and you're supplying the franchisee. Uh, you're letting them choose their location, they're buying the real estate, they're buying the building, they're, well, they're buying the property, then building the building on their own dime. You supply the, the ingredients and all the how to do it, and then you walk away, and you make 1% of whatever happens. So this guy says, you know what, you don't do that anymore. You now, you buy the land, you pick all the locations, you go around the country, world, and you pick the locations that you think are gonna be good. You then, franchise the business to the franchisee and then you lease the land and the property to the franchisee. So now McDonald's is one of the biggest landowners in America. Yeah. Or probably the world now. Well, that's like that uh, statement that land's always a good investment because they're not making they're it anymore. They're not making it anymore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, brother, okay, so we have a the Friendly Burger. Yeah. We have the Arby's Original Sandwich. Oh, yeah. We have, uh, what was you? Pepperoni Pizza. Okay, now let's deal with that. Yeah. Because uh, I have been um, 
I've been a pizza fan. Like, you know, they say there's no bad pizza. I think I've had one or two bad pizzas. Uh, we're not going to say where they're from. No, no, no. We're not going <laughs> to mention. But uh, I've had, and, and lately, uh, I've been I've been loving this idea of doing what something that guy Portnoy does, uh, the stool president, the president of stool. I don't know this guy, and he goes out and he does the one bite challenge. He goes into a pizza spot, he orders yeah, a whole pie. I've seen that. Yeah, and and I don't want to do what he does necessarily, but I want to. I love to eat pizza, and I, and I was thinking, how do I? Do, how can I do this? So I walked into a place uh, in L.A. called Little Dynamite. Uh huh. It was little. It was dynamite. It's a apparently a grandma style pizza uh-huh. which is from philadelphia the philadelphia area and it's not like chicago because chicago's thick with all these ingredients lots mm-hmm. of, i mean the small amount of bread little cheese but lots of ingredients uh it's not new york because new york's really thin everything's proportional really thin is it more like detroit see and that's no this pie is uh like it's almost like focaccia okay so it's airy and lots of the crumb on the on the on the dough is big and mm-hmm. airy like a focaccia, but they put toppings on it, and it's moist, and it's uh, in places it's crisp on the bottom. This, uh, though, they call the—I guess I'm calling the blanket layer of the pizza—is right above the, the crispy bottom. It's kind of airy and open, like it's like it's it's really good. And then they put all these toppings on it, and this, I mean that's that's what they call it. Apparently, that's what he told me. I mean, there's so many different styles of pizza, and I mean, I could. We could say TNT downtown that does the Detroit style pizza that has a fantastic Detroit style. And that's and just a thicker, like a New York style. It's just well, it's got thicker. the brick cheese on it. It's got the, cer- the certain type of cheese on it that okay. it just, it's ridiculous. Brick cheese. Yeah. And what's it called? It's called TNT. Okay. TNT is also another one where you have these amazing chefs that were like, really? we don't want to make all this like fancy food anymore. Let's go and make, we love pizza. All right, let me ask you a question. Um, you are very knowledgeable about this. I hope. Well, you, well no. Well, let, <laughs> I'll let's try. Say, let's say it like this. I, I don't profess to be an expert in anything, uh-huh. you know? but I can say this. I can say uh, I'm an expert on what I like. Okay. And what I can also say is uh, people always ask, what's the best? Where's the best? Where's the best? Where's the best? Where can I get the best? And I don't know what the best is for you. There's no such thing no. as the best. There's uh, That's something that's it's so, it's that's, so, it's so overly done. There's know? no best. In my opinion, it's what do you like? And that's where it's hard for me because if you were to say, what's my last meal tomorrow, it may be different than what it is today. I agree. And I mean, every day I feel different. And the best pizza one day may be different than the best pizza the next day. Totally get it. This is all, that's something that's so amazing with food and drink also is that everything's going to taste just a little bit different. Maybe the guy that, was doing the the syrup that you have in your cocktail he's doing it by uh he's measuring by mass not by weight and maybe by mass it's a few like just a little bit different than it was the time before so when you have that cocktail that you know and love it just tastes a little bit different and maybe it tastes better yeah. in your opinion yeah. and maybe in somebody else's opinion they say yeah this doesn't it's taste too sweet. Yeah, it's too it sour. Taste right. Or the guy's off that day. You know Maybe. what I mean? Maybe. I mean, there's so many different things. And and like I could say that my favorite pizza is Mountain Mike's because I love those crispy pepperonis. I don't even know where that is. Where's Mountain Mike? Oh my goodness. I don't know. It's so good. There it's a chain. They have a yeah. lot of them. Mountain um, Mike's. Down in San Diego. Yeah. They have a few of them. In San Diego, they have uh, one of them that's right over here in La Mesa, and then they have another one that's in Claremont area. And what style of pizza is that? 
that is like a, a regular, traditional style pizza, thin, but it's just crust? Uh, no, like uh, like when you th- when I say regular, I mean like like a Domino's, like okay. uh, like Little Caesars or whatever. It would be more of like a like a Domino's type of thing, just like the the bigger crust, but with Mountain Mike's. They do these little tiny crispy pepperonis that do like the grease cups at like when they cook it. And it's just covered in these little delicious grease cups pepperonis. And it's ridiculous. Little crispy saucers that turn up at the end. Oh, yeah. Well, oil in the middle. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm in. Yeah. Okay. So uh, I had an experience like that recently at a. If you ever get to LA, do you ever go to LA at all? Probably not. I'm probably one of those San Diegans okay. that's like yeah. LA doesn't exist. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, one day I'm there. If I, uh, you know, if we get, a, you know, I'll see you again. But I'm, I'm, I go to this place called Apollonia's. Okay, I, I've spoken about it on the show before. It's uh, in the Miracle Mile, right across from uh, Peterson Auto Museum in LA. It's a, uh, you know, a big car museum. Uh huh. This place has something called uh, a crown. Okay, and I'm gonna pull my phone out so I can just do this while I'm talking. Yeah. Uh, this pie is like nothing I've ever had. I'm going to say it is like focaccia, but it is, it's got this thing that I identified as a crown and it's the way they take the cheese at the bottom of the pan and they, uh, make this, these spikes here. Oh, wow. That's beautiful. Yeah. So it looks like they take the cheese and they, they kind of, um, lay it in the pan before they put the dough in. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's kind of sticking up around the, 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 the perimeter of the pan. Yeah. Then they put the dough in and they probably press it like focaccia where they're putting little you know, dimples in it. Yeah. And then they take all their toppings on top, the sauce and the pepper, these cup pepperoni cups. And then they uh, cook it. It comes out of the oven looking golden brown with this crown of, ch- of crispy cheese spikes. Then they put uh, dollops of fresh burrata. On top. Amazing. And then they take this spicy honey. It's a chili honey. Mm -hmm. And they drizzle it all over. Like Mike's Hot Honey or something. Not sure. It could be the same brand. But uh, that's what they have. And I'm telling you, it's out of control. It's out of control. It's like nothing. I've no other pizza I've ever had. Period. Hands down. And I've had lots of pizza. Yeah. So uh, that would be something I want to bring to you. Yeah. I would love to try it. So so go ahead. uh, So... With all those things on the table, I would say that. Plus, you would have to have a hot dog, okay. a hot dog Where from do like go? Top Dog out in Berkeley. If I could, if we're talking Berkeley. like dream things, yeah, like Northern Berkeley, Cal- California. Okay, they have this place called Top Dog that has my favorite hot dogs. But I, I love hot dogs. I probably eat at least two or three hot dogs a week. Is it the brand of hot dog, or is it just all the toppings in the? It's just the spot that does it. Okay, it's, so let me let me yeah. just let me paint you two pictures. Okay, first yeah. of all, have you ever been to Duff Dogs in Poway? I have heard about it, but I haven't okay. been. You should go. Okay. They do everything you ever want to do with a hot dog. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I want you to do, and I really need you to do this. Yeah. Okay. You, if you ever get to LA, and I, it's Long Beach. This place called Joe Joe's is around since the early 20s. They have been doing exactly the same food since then. They, had, they were uh, serving Pap's Blue Ribbon up until recently in a, in a cold schooner. They have a, a little uh, digital thermometer above their walk-in that tells you the temperature of the beer. They do. They have shuffleboard. They have pool tables. Uh, they have uh, pretzels uh, and mustard. They, they just go with the bounty That's of them. It's a good time. It's a great time. Yeah. Uh, they have uh, pickled eggs, pickled eggs that are pickled in that yellow, bright yellow chili juice. Oh, wow. Uh, they have these specials. Now, this is where, this is where it's going to get you for you. Do you happen to like rye bread? I mean, I like I like all bread. Okay, <laughs> I just I like food. Okay, no, sure, but uh, some people they yeah. draw the line with rye. Yeah. Uh, so, anyways, this rye bread is super soft. 
It's just a thin slice, two slices. They take what I found out is a, a white American cheese, which is a little melty. Mm-hmm. Right? They put the bread there. They put the slice of a white American. They take this hot dog out of the boiling water. They slice it down the middle. They lay that hot dog in the middle of that cheese. Then they take a dill pickle that is like a pencil, pencil thin. Mm-hmm. They lay it down in the crack of that hot dog. Then they take, and by the way, the water, when they pulled the hot dog out of the water, it made the bread a little moist, right? Mm-hmm. So you now have these two slices of bread with this delicious old school hot dog down the middle. And then they, uh, you can get a dark mustard in the middle of all that. It's a working man's. I mean, from the, from the I mean, you could you can almost imagine people eating it. Those guys that were doing the rivets on those old uh, high high rises, you know, with the hard hat on, and the, yeah. you could see them sitting on that beam. That's essentially what I think the guys that ate there, it's 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 never changed. They have uh, uh, roasted peanuts by the sh- on the shell. They've got a multitude of different sandwiches. It's a throwback. I love it. Yeah. I think this also with that sandwich that you're talking about, yeah. or with that hot dog, yeah. I, it, it, Leads us to the question, is a hot dog a sandwich? It can. If you quote unquote spatchcock it, you, you then have, uh, you could probably do that. You want to split a room up. That's what you do. You, you start asking people, is a hot dog a sandwich? You, it, it could start fights. <laughs> could be, could, a fight could break out. In this particular case, it's an, you, I think you'd really go crazy for it yeah. because it's, so, it's such a unique thing. Talk to Duff Dogs about it. I said, mm-hmm. you should try this. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the soft rye bread, the, that gooey American cheese, yeah. the hot dog that looks like it's, that East Coast hot dog brand is called, it's all in the store, the yellow and green. Nathan's? Nathan's. Yep. It's almost that vibe. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't look like an like a Oscar Mayer deal. It looks like a very old school hot dog. Yeah. I think you'd just go crazy for yeah. it. Yeah. I'm going to have to check this out. Pickled sure. eggs, uh, pretzels and mustard, roasted peanuts, cold beers. Uh, Fantastic. In, in schooners. Yeah. Cold schooners. Oh, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. 28 degrees. They have a little, little fridge up there. And then you get the schooner. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. So uh, we talked about pizza. Yeah. Pizza. Uh, what is it? The uh, Arby's, yeah. the uh, the f- friends, the friendly, friendly, friendly and a hot hop- dog. Yeah. Tell, tell me about that burger. It's just uh, it's the bun, a garlic aioli, okay, uh, and then it has the onions on it and the cheese. That's it. No substitutions. No anything. This is what you get. I think it's seven bucks, oh, and cool. it is it, it's life changing. Is that place close? It is okay. Yeah, okay. we're going to have to okay. go and check Yeah, this I think out. we might have to. Yeah. Okay, so that's the last meal. We, we, we yeah. dealt with it. We I would have all those things on a, on a table, and then if I was still hungry, I would probably get a steak. But, I mean, at the same time, that's like, that would be fantastic. What's, your cut, what's your cut of steak? If I'm going to do a steak, it's yeah. going to be a ribeye. Okay. I, I love the – so if I'm having any other steak, I'm going to order it rare, medium, rare. But with the ribeye, I'm going to order it medium so that fat renders a little bit. Yeah. And I'm going to – crush it and it's yeah. gonna be so good yeah uh, tomahawk do you care about that at all the i've had a few tomahawks yeah yeah i, those, I like tomahawks. two inch tomahawks yeah 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 have you been to that place called is it iowa brothers it's uh, on Camino uh, iowa del- meat farms yeah mm-hmm. it's a, sh- a shop yeah on Camino del sur something like that in that area the one that's over by the Toyota dealership? I think it is. I think it oh, might. And the Home Depot, I think. Yeah, maybe. they do nothing but aged beef and they do uh, game meat and stuff mm, like that. No. I know there's Iowa Meat Farms. I go there and I get, like, that's where you can get, like, chicken livers and, like, okay. weird stuff okay. like that. But okay. I don't know if we're talking it's, about the same thing. Is place. it a store? It is. Okay. Yeah. This is a store and it's not far from here. Yeah. But they, you go in there, they have a meat counter at the back and uh-huh. they have a bunch of frozen uh, lamb and. I think we elk. are talking about yeah. the same place. Elk. Yeah. Oh, man. That's 
that's where I, I buy my yeah. tomahawks. Where I buy my aged uh, tomahawks. They're 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 expensive. They're fairly expensive. Yeah, but man, it's so just good. so good. It's yeah. so good. At, at the same time, you know, when we say that food's expensive, you have to think like. Food is just so good. No, you're you're totally I right. I would way rather if somebody was like, "Do you want to have this like amazing new watch, or do you want to spend that money on food?" I'm gonna pick. Food I, I totally every time. No, I agree. I mean, that's why it I do this show. Me so much more happiness. Yeah. <laughs> way it makes more. everybody happy. Well, it makes everybody happy. Yeah. You know, I I actually saw something that I want to mention to you is a is it steak? It's steak ruffle chips at Seven Eleven. Have you heard of this? I. I believe it. Okay. I mean, I don't. There's a lot of those that you see where it's like, I don't know the the people that the people that are that have way too much time on the internet will go and make like weird flavor uh, ones, and they'll make things to where you'll see it, and you'll be like, I don't know if that's real, but I know that they have like the all dressed ruffles, and they have like dill pickle ones now that I did try, and they're delicious. But there's some flavors that you see, and you're like, I don't know. I'm going to have to tell you, I agree the same way, except I had them. I've had the A1 here, uh, here. chips before. Oh, I went to the wrong thing here. I I'm, This, the one in the middle. Prime rib flavored chips. At 7-Eleven. <laughs> okay. And it's a 7-Eleven brand. Yeah. And I had some. Yeah. They're that good. They're no joke. All right. I mean, I'm, I'm going to have to get some on the way home. They are. Check it out. I'm telling you right now. They, my, my buddy handed me this little little bag with a little bit at the bottom. He says, yeah, you can finish them. I'm like, there's only three chips in here. So, but they, I'm telling you, every bite. That makes me think with something like that, I wonder how that would taste if you like crusted a, a prime rib with them. If you were like doing it and you break them up, crust it, throw it, throw it on like, or like a finishing touch to it, like how that would taste. But that's just the, like the inner, um, like the inner weird mind for me yeah. uh, to where it's like, I think of the most just dumb stuff in my head and sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't it's it's only dumb if it doesn't work uh, there's it, it, there's always a way for it to work like we at, at, in our restaurant we do a wing of the month every month and the last year we had one of the guys in a band joking around he said when are you gonna do the pumpkin spice wings and i was like we're doing them in october Okay. And we did them last year and we sold so many pumpkin spice chicken wings. Pumpkin spice. And so this year I we for the wing of the month, I went and we did it again. We have a pumpkin spice chicken wing that's on the menu all month long this month with wow. pumpkin, cinnamon, clove, cardamom, uh brown sugar, a little bit of honey, habanero in there. And it's solid. Really? Yeah, it's good. Dude. As much as you want to not like crazy. it, you're crazy. like, oh, man. And I, and I think, did you guys try some of the chicken wings here? We did. We had some, uh, t is it uh, Asian-inspired? The soy garlic? Or it could did have been tie? the non-gym. The non-gym was the uh, chicken wing for last month. Okay. No, this, I, I think it was, uh, I thought she said Thai. So that was probably the non-gin. Okay. Yeah, that was yeah. the one for last month. Okay. And so our wings, our wings are fantastic here. I don't mean to be the person that's like, we get told all the time, you guys have the best wings. Why don't you enter a competition? It's like, I would way rather you just tell all your friends that we have and, the best and come wings. come on in. Yeah. And come in, yeah. yeah. I don't need to go and have a label that says that we're the best. If you think we're the best, tell all your friends. Come in, have a good time. Yeah, like that's way more important than having like a plaque on the on the wall that says you guys have the best wings. And 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 there's always someone to dispute it. Exactly. You know? And I, as a matter of fact, I went to a place last uh, two months ago. 
they they claim to be the best pizza in California. Yeah, self-proclaimed. Wow. No, they actually <laughs> no. won. They won. Oh, yeah. They won some. Um, you know, some random award through LA Weekly or some crazy magazine. Cool. Where just somebody wrote a little article said, "Oh, this is the best." Come on, man. Yeah, a lot of that. There's just so many different publications now, and there's so many different awards. We get sent things where it's like, "Would you like to be?" We know you guys have amazing wings. Would you like to be in our wing competition? And I'm like. We're really, I, I don't mean to sound like a jerk. Like, it's yeah. not like that at all. It's not that I'm like too busy for your competition, but what we do here is so special. And I want everybody to just be able to come in and enjoy it. It's all part of, like, like you were saying, part of the atmosphere also is a huge part of it. And having you in here and having those wings, and you're like, these are some really good wings. And then you go and you tell your friends, and they tell their friends. And then eventually everybody's just like, Riviera's got the best wings. And I, that's way more important than having a plaque on yeah, the wall. I agree. I agree. And on top of that, you might hear somebody might hear this. Yeah. So you know what? You might get a few people coming and ask for those wings. Awesome. So you know, we were talking earlier about uh, about your pizza and your and what you like. And I was just saying, you know what? I want to do this video series. I'm starting up my uh, YouTube presence more, uh, getting that video equipment that I talked to you about earlier. And I'm really. I, I went to. I did a show with this guy named Mexi Papa. Uh-huh. Uh, if you look at that that blue sticker right there on the side of my box, sure, uh, he has this big following YouTube, and he invited me on his show, and I went and we did a whole video thing, and we went to this place called uh, Toxicos, Los Toxicos Mariscos in San Fernando Valley, and they have this uh, this pulpo. You ever heard of pulpo? Which is a the it's octopus, but it's in a it's in a molcajete. It's a hot, it's sizzling, comes out, looks like it's alive. We did this whole shoot. And I was like, you know what? I want to do something on YouTube. I, I've been wanting to do more things on YouTube. So I start, I'm, I'm going to do a, a video podcast. That's the next step. But then after that, I'm like, I have all this video equipment. Why don't I do a little show? Do a, start a channel and, and do some a video thing where we can eat and go to a, like go to a restaurant. Just recently, uh, I did this thing for Westward Whiskey. Yeah. They came on. Mm-hmm. And my shout out to my buddy, Whiskey Kuya. He uh, works for Westward. We went to a cigar bar called Lord Puffer. In Escondido. What a name. Yeah. And <laughs> they have an incredible VIP room. Just this beautiful VIP room. They put us back there. We, we sat back and just for three hours drank whiskey and smoked cigars. It was, the, it was the, like the funnest dream thing you could possibly do. And I was thinking, you know what? We could do more of that. You know, yeah. go, go to a place, you know, have, order a, a big meal, and then just, you know, videotape everything and, and enjoying the food and giving kind of a review slash thing i don't know what's what's possible yet but i'm thinking there's a few places i i can think of right now that would probably want to you know lay out the spread uh we could have a you know crew of people come in do the video and edit it up and put like a show on youtube and i was thinking we could do that maybe do that with a pizza yeah that'd be fantastic i mean i'm never gonna turn down any food well, <laughs> let alone pizza there's a place called tribute pizza have you heard of this yeah yeah have you been yeah what's so what's the story i haven't i haven't been uh tribute uh, I, as much as I want to say, like, a story for it. So what, so what's this? This is Four Roses bourbon. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, so Tribute Pizza, yeah. I don't know enough about it. I know, uh, like, the photographer takes their photos very well, and I know a few people um, that are there all the time. But I don't think I would be the person to answer that question. Okay. I know that they do a lot of really like zany off the wall pizzas. Okay. Like I've had a um, Mexican hot dog pizza, like a TJ dog pizza there before that was delicious. Really? Okay. I've had, I mean, their pepperoni is fantastic. Really? 
Yeah, okay. they're all good people that work there. I just wouldn't be able to tell you their story. Yeah, you know, no, I was just thinking your opinion of the of the pie. I mean, great pizza, great pizza. Yeah, okay, good stuff. It's in the old post office in North Park. I, I checked it out today. Yeah, pretty. Yeah, nice. so like anybody that grew up in North Park would be able would say, well, that used to be the post office. This is kind of strange that it's, it's a pizza place now. It's a beautiful place though, I and mean, they've probably been in seven years. I understand. Really great looking place. Yeah, I, I love it. I wanted to, actually I wanted to go there today. Unfortunately, they were uh, closed uh, on today. Of course, of course, the day that I showed. Of course, that was closed. So okay, so let's talk about this place, man. Let's talk yeah. about what you got going on here. So, how we came into the Riviera? Um, originally, our first chef and myself used to come in here pretty often. Uh, he went to culinary school around the corner from here about two blocks away and I grew up in East County and we would come in here and have a drink in our early 20s and hang out just have a good time um like when he was done with culinary school or you know I would come in to watch a friend's band play or something in our early 20s right here in the yeah and we loved it and we always talked about if we ever had the opportunity to get a place together what would we do uh, and it would be something kind of like Riviera. Wow. And that was the idea. And he went on to cook in, um, in Belgium, in San Francisco, all over, and did a lot of like Michelin star restaurants and cooked in them. And, really? Yeah. And I went on to, at that time, I was dealing cards at a casino, dealing blackjack, and I had the opportunity to... Uh, get behind a bar. I, I was just, I, I loved drinks and drinking and as any young twenties person does and 53 year olds too like it. Yeah. Um, so when I was in my early twenties, my, I, a few good friends took me to a bar downtown that just recently closed actually called the El Dorado cocktail lounge. And I went there on my 21st birthday at midnight. They let me in. I had a Moscow mule and my whole life changed. And I was like, Whoa, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. I want to know more about drinks. I want, I was just, I bought every cocktail book you could. I started my own little home bar. I had like a speakeasy, so to say, where people would come in and they would help pay for ingredients and we would make all these different syrups and shrubs and, and juice all of it fresh. And I would sit in my, or stand in my kitchen and make everybody all these drinks from these classic cocktail books from the early 1900s Wow! because there was nowhere in San Diego that you could really go and get these drinks. Right. Um, and that led to me going to the El Dorado every night and pestering the bartenders about classic cocktails. They probably hated me. They were probably like, who's this nerd in here asking for the, like a corpse survivor number three and where you're like, you only order number two, you dummy. Like, so, and no, what, is, like what that. is that? What is it? Uh, I don't even know. They're just different. They're different recipes on the Corpse Reviver is uh, is a cocktail that was the original like hangover cure. Uh, okay. But uh, they have all these different numbers of them that were all different recipes that people just don't do. And like ingredients that people don't really make anymore. There's like when we're talking about different ingredients that are just like forgotten. You, you have cocktail books that are literally called forgotten spirits okay. <laughs> and yeah, then yeah. i'm over there and they're yeah. asking them if they can make them and they're like no yeah, like yeah. Go, just order what we got on the menu and then one the the owner of that place he was moving up to san francisco and he was opening up a bar out there 
And when he was up there, he posted something on Facebook saying, hey, does anybody want to, I, I need some help opening up this bar. And it, it was meant for people in San Francisco, like his friends that he'd met and stuff, like to help him. And I responded and I said, I will quit my job and I will move up to San Francisco and help you open up this bar because this is what I want to do. And he was like, yeah, right come up here and hang out for a few days just because I like you. We're homies. So I went up there to hang out. And uh, two weeks later, I, I went back, quit my job. And two weeks later, I was moving up there with a few friends and getting ready to open up a bar with one of, with, with my first mentor. Um, and we opened up that bar together. And then we did a few other bar programs together. And I ended up um, working at a few different uh, really upscale cocktail bars out there and learning a lot. And then after being out there for about five years, six years, I decided it was time for me to come home. Everybody was getting a little bit older. Grandma's getting older. Everybody's kind of, and, and also it was a thing where San Francisco is so much different than North Northern California and like Seattle, like just North, like the Pacific Northwest. And I do consider like San Francisco in that. Um, and Southern California are so much different in cocktails. Um, we're talking like um, San Francisco was years ahead of San Diego when we talk about the cocktail scene where they were doing all the fresh ingredients. Everything was all made in house and, and all these like amazing drinks where San Diego it was still a lot of liqueurs that everybody was using and it wasn't a lot of like there wasn't there just wasn't the same cocktail scene it yeah. wasn't involved san diego was still like we want to go out and rage right. we want to do mm. we want to go to clubs we want like edm music was huge right. they were like we're gonna go to the edm club and get drunk and it's gonna be amazing right and i was like i want to make these ridiculous cocktails so I had the opportunity to go up there. I learned it all. And when I would come down to San Diego to visit family every year, I was like, wow, it's San Diego is behind at first. And then by like the fourth or fifth year, I was like, wow, there's like this new resurgence of the cocktail. And it's something that's really coming up in San Diego with some of these pioneers and these groups down here that are really, really pushing the boundaries. And I thought, OK, it's time for me to come back down. Wow. And so I came back down and opened up a bar uh, in the gas lamp called uh, Coin Up Game Room. I was I was part of the opening crew. I didn't open it myself. Yeah. And then worked there for a few years. And when the pandemic hit, everybody that that's something that you could have forty podcasts about with forty different people. It affected everybody very differently. But at the end of the day, everybody went from one week being like everything's fine to the next week everybody was fired. Nobody had a job. Nobody knew what the heck was happening. And it was really tough for a lot of people. And one of the first days that the pandemic happened where you had a lot of people talking about how all these bars and restaurants are going to go bankrupt because they're not, they just can't make it. Yeah. I was talking with a buddy who told me, you watch what's going to happen is all these people that have been kind of just like in the bar, like surviving week to week, uh, the owners, they're going to sell and you're going to have a whole new group of all these new restaurant and bar owners. And it's going to change. It's going to be a changing of the guard. And I took that to heart and I was like, maybe this is our opportunity. And, um, what, 
that that was something that I had in the back of my head. And at the time I was saving up to buy a house and I had a little bit of money. And uh, I was talking to a few amazing chef friends. One of them that was uh, a chef from Cowboy Star. The other one that was uh, he did. He was bear in Cow by Bear, uh, like a pop up where they do very amazing dinners. And the and then there was uh, another one that was the chef at um, I think it was Lionfish at the time. But he was a chef for Click Hospitality. He ran a few of their different uh, concepts. And I was talking to them and I was like, well, all the bartenders are making great money at that time. Most bartenders were making some of the best money that I think that they've made. The pandemic really helped out a lot of bartenders, but for the kitchen staff, it was very rough. There was a lot of kitchen staff that didn't qualify for unemployment. And I decided to start a soup kitchen and I talked to these chefs and I said, if you guys make these like amazing soups, what we'll do is I'll make cocktails. I'll have liquor companies sponsor it and I'll have them donate the booze. And then we'll, we ended up talking to specialty produce out here and they donated a ton of food for us wow. because they were a bigger company that had all this produce that's about that's going bad because the restaurants aren't buying sure. it. And we started a soup kitchen. And if you could afford to buy the food, you bought the food. If you couldn't, you just told us, hey, this is my name and this is my address. And we dropped off soup to you. And we dropped off hundreds of meals a week, every week. And, but we needed a commercial kitchen to work out of because we wanted it to be legit. So it needed to have an alcohol license and it needed to have all these things. You were still allowed to do delivery and takeout type of stuff. And we had a out of work bar, uh, anybody that didn't qualify for unemployment insurance could come and work with us and we would pay them a part of the proceeds. So we had delivery drivers that were out of work photographers that are like food photographers that were, um, that, they're independent contractors, so they didn't have any unemployment or right. anything like that. So they were helping deliver the food and collecting all the tips. And it all worked out really well, but we needed a place to to cook out of. We couldn't right. cook out of our homes. Yeah. Um, so we were cooking out of one place that uh, in, in Hillcrest, I don't want to say the name, but uh, that one... We went in one day and there was locks on the doors because the investors were like, hey, you, this is 100%. Like, we don't want anybody in here. And they were going bankrupt about. Yeah. Um, and then we talked to a buddy who was saying, hey, what about Riviera? Uh, I can talk to them over there. And we talked and we were like, we love the Riviera. Yeah, if we could go. And that, we knew it was a huge kitchen. It, was, it would be too much space. And then when we came in, they were like, yeah, we're talking about bankruptcy. It's just going to oh, wow. close down. Yeah. And I said, well, yeah, let's, let's do it until the wheels fall off. Let's go in there and let's cook these soups. Let's cook the, uh, I'll make these cocktails and we'll deliver them all out of the Riviera. And when we came in here, we fell in love with it again. Yeah. And we were like, this is, what if we just bought the place? How much money do you think they owe? Like how much money? Do you think they would sell it to us for sell us the concept? Now they are renting here. They don't own the space, yeah. but what do you think that they would sell the concept for? How much do you think they're in debt? And, uh, I got an investor and we took over and right. in the middle of the pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> and it was one of those things where a lot of people looked at us and they were like, with all these restaurants that are going out of business, you're over here trying to open a business, you dummy. But we were like, this is, we saw we had a vision and I still have this vision for Riviera and 
it was kind of falling apart. And we came in and we said, we're going to do amazing drinks in here. We're going to do craft cocktails. We're going to change the food menu. We're going to, we're going to take the microwaves out of the kitchen. We're going to do this right. We're going to come in here and do amazing food and amazing drinks. And, and it's going to all match together the way that it should be at Riviera Supper Club. And this is our thing that just 10 years prior, the, my chef and me were talking about, and we said, this is what we would do. Now we're doing it. And it was such an amazing experience that now has taken over my life. But that's the story of how we got Riviera. And it was, it was one of those, like, in my opinion, like a karma thing, you do good things and good things come. And we have this amazing restaurant now. I mean, what a great story, though. Yeah. I mean, the being able to help all those people find yeah. work and be yeah. a part of something and then end up with this. Yeah. What I great. mean, I think two, three of the employees that that are here were on that. Like they were a part of the Soup and Spirits when we did that. Yeah. And then when I had bartenders from the Bay Area that were hearing about what we were doing down here, they were inspired and they were doing things out there. I had one bartender that was like, Hey, I can't work in San Francisco. I mean, nobody can, I, I'm just going to move down to San Diego. And if you already bought this place, let me help you open it. Yeah. And he's one of our managers now. That's nice. Like, it's pretty cool. Like, yeah. and everybody that's here, we are all, like I've said earlier, we're all really close. We all believe in each other. It's like a common goal and we all see it and we're like, we just want to do good stuff. It's, it sounds, I mean, to be really great to be a part of something like this. Yeah. yeah. It's something we, we haven't had a huge turnover. Everybody yeah. that's here, where in some restaurants you have like, it's just impossible to retain yeah. anybody because yeah. everybody's bouncing around like you were talking about yeah. earlier. Yeah. Or they're just not happy somewhere. Yeah. Here it's like, I mean, I'm the owner and I'm here every day we're open yeah. for the most part. And some days you're not. Yeah. And, <laughs> and uh, I mean, almost every day. I'm here just every day in general hanging out. If you're ever... Yeah close to the Riviera and you're banging on the door, chances are if you see a car in the back, I'm here and we'll have a little shot together or something. Nice, but nice. yeah, it is something special. And this is our heart. This is everything to us. Let's talk about some of the, uh, the food yeah. that you have. Do you want to mention some of the, some of the things that people come in here for? Some, uh, well, we're known for steak. Okay. I mean, it yeah. is a steakhouse. Yeah. Um, so all of our steaks are all hand cut. Everything's fantastic. If you like a dry aged steak, dry aged steak is fantastic. Yeah. I mean, I like I all it. meat, but if you like a dry aged steak, maybe our steaks aren't necessarily for you. But if you want the freshest cut steak and you want it to be juicy and fantastic, this is the spot. Yeah, you can come in and you know that ribeye was cut day of. It's gonna be juicy. It's gonna be fantastic. Um, we're known for our chicken wings, our chicken, as silly as it sounds like at the steakhouse being known for chicken wings, they are a pretty amazing, uh, they're a pretty amazing dish. And it's something that we have a, a, at least 48 hour brine on the wings that are then, we won't talk about what they're brining yeah, yeah. and everything. Cause that's kind of, I don't Proprietary. know. If, yeah. That's yeah. secret. Uh, it, I guess that's kind of dumb to say it's secret. Everybody should be able to do everything. Sure. But it's it's got two different brines that we do, two different 24-hour brines, and then we bake them, lightly bread them in a house dredge, and then uh, cool them down and do a quick fry. So that way they're all nice and juicy on the inside because they got the bake, and then they're crispy on the outside because they got that light yeah. that light breading, yeah. and then they're fried. They're fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Um, both our chefs that we have in the back, 
Uh, it is a smaller crew, so we only have three people that are that are in the kitchen working at a time, um, pumping out hundreds of meals a day. And these guys all this is all their dreams. Everything like it, it's one of those places where you can go in and say, "I have an idea where I want to do this on the menu," and it's like, "All right, let's do it." So they they're like, "We want to do." I, I mean, I told them I want to do a meatball. I love meatballs. They're like, all right, we're going to put a meatball on the menu. And we put a meatball on the menu. Um, one of them says, we want to do tempura asparagus. So they do tempura asparagus and it crushes. It does so good. Or we want to do prime rib sliders and we do it. Um, and it's delicious. It has my barbecue sauce recipe that I that I love. It's more of like a Kansas City style barbecue. Yeah. A little bit of twang. Um, all of our food that we do is, I, I mean, I'm biased of course, but all of our food that we do is, is great. We're known for, I mean, we have different regulars that come in every day that order different things. We sell a lot of Caesar salads. Our Caesar salad recipe okay. is fantastic. Really? Yeah. Okay. I'm a big, yeah. So yeah, I have opinions about Caesars. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, Caesar. it's hard with opinions about Caesars cause we're so close to Tijuana. Yeah. It's like, yeah. if you're not. If somebody that's I've I've, ta I've taken people down to Tijuana to go to Caesars to have the Caesar salad, and I'm like, what do you think about this Caesar salad? Yeah. They're like, it w and I've had people that are like, I've had better, and it's like, then you haven't <laughs> because yeah, this yeah. is the Caesar the, the salad. Caesar, yeah, it, it's there's a few things in life that um, that are hard to judge because you have the original right there. Yeah. Like, yeah. but that's something that's so amazing is that we are so blessed to live in San sure. in Southern California where you could go and have the original Caesar salad. Yeah. So they say too, right? I mean, is that, is that the OG that, that is the confirmed this? Yeah, yeah, that is the original Caesar salad. That's Caesar awesome. salad was originated in Tijuana, Baja, California, right there on revolution on the main yeah. street. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah, when you go there and they do, they toss it right in front of you and everything. It's that's the OG one, man. Is it more creamy or is it more oily? Would you say? Do you have a our our Caesar is it has a li I mean there there's a good amount of oil in it, but I would say it's more on the creamier side. Okay. We also do with ours, it's anchovies and shrimp in okay. in this in the dressing wow. so it adds a little bit more sure. of that like if you're not a fan of fish then you shouldn't be eating a caesar salad yeah. anyways yeah but there is some people that are like it tastes fishy and you're like you know you ordered a you ordered caesar yeah salad, with, with right anchovies like, in it. it should have anchovies if it doesn't yeah. then what are you doing yeah like so that, i feel like that is one of those things you got to have anchovies in your caesar dressing i i have one place that doesn't have it uh and the uh it's, it's one of my favorites but again i haven't had a uh I haven't had the Caesars in a long time. It's probably been, I haven't been to TJ in 25 years. Oh man. Yeah. It's been, uh, it's, I'm sure it's changed a bit. Um, but yeah, no, it's a, it's a great thing. Um, I used to go to Puerto Nuevo all the time uh -huh. and we'd go, when I used to go in, uh, Oh one, Oh two, they would have those flyers. They'd hand out the flyers as you go in across the border. Uh, eight ninety five, uh, lobster tail, grilled lobster tail, drawn butter, uh, rice and beans, tortillas, handmade tortillas, um, salsa and guacamole for eight ninety five. Yeah, and we'd go every minute we could possibly go. Uh, I so that, that's my reference to it. You know. Yeah, I mean, so, Tijuana is fantastic. Uh, we're gonna have a. Do you still go often over there? I go at least once a year. I go to the dentist down there just because yeah. even okay. with yeah. dental insurance, yeah. Tijuana is less expensive. They have some fantastic 
dentists down there, but I go down there to go to the dentist, go down there for tacos. Uh, there's some cool cocktail bars down there, really? great restaurants, um, lots of entertainment, but at the same time, it's hard. I have to, I have to have rules when I go to Tijuana. Like if I'm with certain people, I will not go at night. Like if it's already dark, yeah. we're not going. Uh, cause yeah. I know I won't be back till the next day. Well, yeah, I don't go because they probably well, they probably want me over there. Um, <laughs> I had a buddy of mine who was uh, stranded down there. Mm-hmm. Uh, he called me and said, "Come get me." I'm, I was he was at a um, a questionable spot. Yeah, at one o'clock in the morning. Yeah, and uh, good Chinese food. It wasn't Chinese food. Okay, it was you know a more locals <laughs> business. Okay, and he was down there, and um, there was some agitated ladies that uh, wanted some money from him. Mm-hmm. So he's walking towards me. I, I pull up in a taxi and I'm like, what, what are we, what, what's going on? He says, this is walk to the car. I'm like, what, what's going on? What, what's going You don't ask questions. No. He you says, just go, just walk to the car. <laughs> so we get in the car and I'm in the back, the two of us in the back seat of this taxi and the ladies are now walking very rapidly. Oh, let me, let me do that. So they're walking very rapidly to the car and uh, they're going, Hey, where are you going? And he says, we jump in the car and we, and he tells the, the driver, go, go, go. And um, all I remember was saying is that uh, this, how's this guy going to, why, why is he going to leave? I mean, he, he's, there's no reason for him to go. He doesn't know us. He's not trying to save anybody, but he, he did leave. He did leave, thankfully, because neither one of us had the money. This guy, I don't know what he owed in there, but he, they, they were going to skewer him up if I didn't show up. So let's, let's do this. You, you brought some Four Roses bourbon. Yeah. Uh, let's say cheers to you, DJ. Cheers. Thank you for having me today. Well, thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show. That was uh, part one with DJ Mull from Riviera Supper Club, San Diego. We got to talk about all kinds of things. Who knows where that conversation went? But uh, part two is coming up. Be around next week. Uh, We'll get to be talking about a lot of cocktails, all the different types of, uh, what is that he liked? Mezcal. He's a big fan of mezcal. So uh, you'll hear all about that in the next episode. Check it out.